This is In the Arena, the Colorado Concern podcast that explores the intersection of business and politics. I'm your host, Mike Kopp. Today on the In the Arena podcast, we are joined by Representatives Matt Gray and Colin Larson. And this pair of legislators is working on a, a wonderful set of measures to improve transparency in the way that taxes are assessed on property in the state of Colorado, in particular, uh, in the way that Colorado taxpayers can go about appealing the assessments on their properties. So gentlemen, welcome. I'm really glad that you are working on these bills and uh, really happy that you're willing to make time for this podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yes, happy to be here. Uh, Matt Gray is Democrat. He is from uh, the Broomfield area, former deputy district attorney and former chair of the Broomfield Board of Equalization. Uh, Matt, you're going to have to tell us exactly what the uh, Board of Equalization is. But in that capacity, he is certainly intimately familiar with the property tax assessment appeals process. And then to his right in uh, reality and physically here, we have Representative Colin Larson, who's a Republican from Littleton. Uh, Colin comes at this from a little bit of a different angle in as much as he's uh, a business owner, owns a chain of coffee establishments down in – are they both in Littleton area? Uh, the other one's in unincorporated Douglas County, so I don't really know what to call it yet, but Sterling Ranch. <laughs> I've been there. They're good. It's good coffee. Um, <laughs> So you, you both bring such great but different perspectives to this. I thought to kick it off, we would start with you, Colin. Just from the standpoint of a business owner, explain what we're trying to do here, what really your legislation is trying to do here, and how you got to the point of even wanting to work on this. Sure. So, you know, as a small business owner, I, uh, like many retail small business owners, was renting. I'm a tenant in my shopping center. And over the few years I've been in business, I have seen uh, fairly dramatic increases in my property tax assessment every year. Now, because I'm a renter, I have that passed through to me in a triple net on my lease. But when I would go to my landlord and ask, gee, you know, $150 more a month, really, on an 1,100 square foot property, this is this is really what the assessed value was. And my landlord would more or less just say, yep, that's that's kind of the way it is. So I was fortunate. My business was doing very well. Uh, $150 a month uh, increase was not something I loved paying, but it was certainly something I could absorb. However, there were other businesses in my shopping center that owned the buildings and were receiving you know, $1,500 a month increases in property taxes, Everything else copacetic, you know, it wasn't a, it was a shock to the economy. It was basically the assessor came through and $1,500 more a month. And there were real concerns about, you know, at that level about, you know, laying off staff, uh, whether or not they were going to be able to continue to work. And I just sat there and thought, you know, gee, what a, what a terror, with all the things facing businesses and all of the difficulty we face as small business owners, this is absolutely the worst scenario I could imagine for why you would have to close down a business or why someone should have to lose their job is that the property tax assessment went up to such a huge degree over a two-year period that it impacts the quality of your business. And you know, looking into it, it seems that there just really isn't transparency in this process. A lot of businesses are just concerned about, you know, how could this possibly have increased in value this much? over such a short period of time. You know, it's not like I could go and sell my 
you know, sell this property for a, a twofold increase. Why are my taxes increasing? So the idea, the appetite around introducing more transparency, more of a a process that the business owner can understand, they could anticipate increases like that, uh, was really something that piqued my interest. And thankfully, I was able to find a uh, a bipartisan sponsor that that had a similar interest, and and we were able to pick this up and kind of just get the the process started here. So I, I do want to ask Representative Gray a question from his experience on the board of equalization. What happens after? The business owner sort of goes through the process that you're describing, Representative Larson. But um, you're dealing specifically with appeals, so you get the, you get the tax notice. You don't like it. You think it's wrong. You hope it's wrong at least. Um, would you just describe briefly what you do uh, at that point as a property owner? You you think it could be wrong, sure. Um, and so you you initiate this appeals process, and then and then I want to ask uh, Representative Gray about what happens on sort of the government side of the equation. Sure. So, I mean, essentially for the business owner, it's, it's, you get the notice of valuation in your mail. Hopefully you don't throw it out with the other pile of, (laughs) of, of notices that you receive as a small business owner, but you get your notice of valuation, you take a look at it and then you say, Oh gee, you know what? That seems like it's off. So I'm going to go ahead and, and file an appeal. But the problem is right now, it's a very innocuous letter that you receive. You know, it doesn't have a clear. It says you have a different valuation, but it's not exactly clear what that increase means, what that means in dollars and cents. And you have a very narrow window to file that appeal; otherwise, you lose your place in line. So, you know, for me, frankly, by the time I had realized that the valuation was going to affect my taxes to the effect of one hundred fifty dollars a month, appeal window had come and gone. So. I, as a small business owner, I just had too many things going on where I I didn't even know that I had that opportunity. Now, some of the larger businesses and, and certainly the business that I referred to earlier, the Mexican restaurant in my shopping center, they were going through an appeals process uh, and they had filed it. So they would go to the county assessor at the time. We live in Jefferson County and the business was located in Jefferson County. And basically there's a process where you deal with the assessor. Uh, and it's really, there's frankly a lot of discretion given to the assessor at that point during the appeal process. And then if that, if those are exhausted, then you have another avenue to go uh, and sort of appeal beyond that, which I think Representative Gray would be better equipped to to speak to. But I can tell you as a business owner, it's very frustrating because there's not a lot of transparency about you know when you can expect an answer, what's required on the assessor's end, to make sure that you're getting a fair shake and to figure out why this valuation came through. Um, it's just kind of a very frustrating and victimizing process where you sort of, you're at the mercy of, of an elected official um, who frankly has about 10,000 other cases that he's dealing with and really isn't prioritizing yours because unlike for you where it is life and death for him, you're just another, you're one of those 10,000 people in line. So Matt, you definitely have um, a, a little bit of a different perspective. You may share those sentiments, but your perspective is formed by uh, your experiences on as a board of equalization member. Would you dive into your perspective on this whole matter um, and maybe just say a word about what a board of equalization is, what it even means, what it does? I'm guessing a lot of people don't know what that is. That sounds right. Um, the challenging part is that Property taxes are some of the most backbone features of government that we have. You know, public education, public safety, your local school teachers, your local police department is dependent on payment of property taxes. We need to do it right. 
But the system we have set up is not intuitive whatsoever for the people who are paying the property taxes, both for residential property taxpayers, but certainly also for business taxpayers as well. And that's different than other types of tax. Like you're, if your income tax is four point whatever percent, it's not that hard to figure out what 4% of your income is in any given year. For sales tax, it's even the easiest, right? Like I know if the sales, I know the sales tax at my local grocery store is seven and a half percent. I know if I buy 10 bucks worth of stuff, what I'm going to have to pay on that. Property taxes are more complicated than that. And some of that system is statutory. Some of it's constitutional, but it's a system that is not nearly as accessible to an average business owner or a uh, homeowner as anything else. It's, you know, your property taxes are based on a combination of what your property was worth and the condition it was worth several years ago, multiplied by the aggregate of a number of different tax rates set by a number of different governments every December. And being able to predict that is really hard, whether you're a family or whether you're a business. And so our goal is to try to to make it as accessible as possible for taxpayers. So for people to be make it predictable and make them understand what's coming forward. Uh, the Board of Equalization I sat on is the county level, I sat on the Broomfield Board of Equalization, is the county level, first level of appeal, where if the assessor gives you a property tax valuation that's going to lead to a tax burden that's higher than you think is fair, where we would come and we would hear those hearings and we would talk those things through. But a lot of it was just sort of talking through here's the system and how it works. Because the first thought that a taxpayer has when they come into that hearing is, you said my property is worth $400,000. I know right now it's worth $290,000, either just because I just bought it or I just got an offer for it. So why are you saying it's worth $400,000? Well, the truth is under our system, the question isn't what is it worth today, it's what is it, was it worth a year and a half ago. And that can be a really complicated thing to explain. But I think that both for the benefit of business owners and also the efficiency of government, it would be great to do everything we can to help people understand that. Because right now, we hear from businesses, there's a lot of people who are just appealing their tax valuations, not because they've researched it down to every period and comma and feel like it's wrong. There are plenty of those. But also a lot of people just say, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I've been told my property value is this amount when I know I can never get that amount for it. So I'm just going to appeal now. Well, not only is that a burden on the business owner, it's also a burden on the system. It's a burden on the government officers because they have to then use the appeal process to educate people about what's a pretty complicated property tax system. And so what we're trying to do is meet in the middle where we can say, your taxes you have to pay are what you're going to have to pay. But let's give you the time and space to understand it, which, you know, a really complicated and esoteric system. Let's try to help you understand it as much as possible. So once you can get all that, all the information you need, maybe you say it's fair and you pay your tax and you go about it. If not, then you um, decide not to and you decide to appeal. But we don't deal with this gulf of everyday business owners, everyday property owners saying, this doesn't feel fair to me. And I know there's no way in the next few days I'm going to be able to understand this. So I'm going to file an appeal now. Maybe I'll hire somebody to help me who really knows, but I'm going to jump into this system. I'm going to jump into that, you know, into the appeal system, which is not great. No, nobody's happier. The government's not happier. The business isn't happier to be involved in the system. So try to make the system as efficient as possible and keep as few as, as few business owners as possible in that system. This is a great team to have uh, your, uh, shared perspectives on this matter. 
So you're working on some process reforms, not tax rates, et cetera. Could you take a stab at describing a little bit about what you're trying to do in your legislation this year to, as you say, uh, make it a little bit more understandable? I'll get us started. <clears throat> so one of the uh, – what I like to think of is simpler provisions we're working on uh, in this is putting back a, a transparency tool on that notice of assessment – you know, and this is something that, again, has been done in certain counties around the state where there's a basic estimate of what this new valuation would mean in terms of dollars and cents. I referenced back at the end of the day, the end of the day, most taxpayers just want to know how much more are they going to have to shell out every month. And right now, the notice of assessment, as Representative Gray had, had mentioned, is kind of this esoteric number. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. So one of the things we're suggesting is that we're going to require each county to either put a direct number estimate of what your tax liability might look like under the new assessed value, or to provide a range of what the potential increase or decrease in tax liability could be. The idea behind this is that, you know, you're getting these notices mailed typically about six months before you're actually on the hook for the increased valuation. So this way, if I receive that as a business owner and know that I'm facing, you know, the potential of anywhere from 100 to $150 additional tax liability per month, even if I'm not necessarily happy about that, and even if I don't decide to ultimately appeal it, I know that six months from now, I'm going to have to plan for that additional expense. So it gives me some certainty and it gives me, you know, clarification of, of exactly what this means. And and the idea, you know, again, is twofold. First of all, that planning ability. But secondarily, if they know what that dollar amount is, there may be a certain threshold for people where they're like, you know what, $100 a month increase seems reasonable. I don't necessarily need to file an appeal. Whereas if they just had a number out there, they may look at it and be like, oh, wow, $500,000 valuation, that seems totally off. They may file an appeal, even though they don't realize that that $500,000 really just means that it's an increase that's that's a negligible negligible amount that they would otherwise be fine with. So that's one of the big things we're doing. Uh, another thing that we're doing that I think Mac, Representative Gray would be much better at explaining is trying to create what we're, we're kind of referring to in the shorthand as a fast lane um, for when some of these appeals actually get past the point where they've They've gone to the assessor, and these are some of the bigger cases that are getting appealed to the Board of Equalization or, or beyond that. And I'll tee you up there, <laughs> Representative Green. Doing my job for me. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when we were in the – when I served on the Board of Equalization in Broomfield, for the appeal process, we would hire a great number of – well, not a great number, but two or three every year hearing officers – who would handle the appeal process, the public hearing process for us. You know, there's, you have the right to a hearing when you're going to appeal your taxes. But when you just have a single government body of multiple elected officials, and even in Broomfield, it was hundreds, if not thousands of people who had questions or appeals. When you get to the state level, it's even more who could potentially be up there that we would use hearing officers to be able to move those appeals more quickly. Folks who have experience in property taxation and in valuation to say, look, you're going to come forward. We're going to be able to get your hearing done a lot more quickly. There it was because we had a statutory deadline that we needed to meet. At the state level right now, at the state uh, board of assessment appeals level, what businesses have told us they're experiencing is not, there's not a deadline. So it's just the appeals can last for months, if not literally years. And so 
what we've talked about is adding that option at the state level to say, look, I believe I've got the facts on my side. I'm willing to move forward with a hearing officer instead of going to the full board in exchange for me being able to get this done in a relatively short period versus waiting months and months or years and years in order to be able to get it accomplished. So we have a provision that would design the ability to elect into a faster system where you're going to go before a hearing officer as opposed to versus the whole board, but you're going to be able to get action a lot more quicker. And especially um, for businesses who are, for whom this really presents a cash flow challenge, you know, to say like, look, this new value is going to really put a crimp on my budget. They need answers sooner rather than later about what, what their cash flow is going to have to be. And so they would much rather say like, look, I believe I've got the arguments on my side. I want to present them and I want to get an answer because I want certainty for my business. And then again, on the, on the other side of that, it would open up the dockets for the really big momentous cases where people are like, no, I want the entire board of assessment appeals to hear this. I think it's an important enough issue. Great. Let's let them do that. But let's also clear off the smaller things where both it, it it's, adds to government efficiency to get an answer sooner, and it adds to business efficiency to move sooner as well. And I'll take a brief moment and talk about probably the nerdiest aspect of the whole thing we we're doing, which is we have a, a, a separate bill that talks about the property tax assessor's manual, which most people don't know what that is, and God bless you for not knowing it. You'll, you'll live a fine life not understanding <laughs> it. But it's a manual that's set forth by the property tax assessor for the state that sets forth guidelines about how uh, local assessors should value property. And it's not technically binding law, but it practically is. And all the assessors follow it pretty closely. And so for those folks who are really in tune to this stuff, you know, they're business owners who, for whom the valuation of their property is sort of the lifeblood of their business. And they're following their, you know, their tax bills down to the dollar and cent. We're adding more transparency and more ability to give public input in that process. You know, it's, Again, it's pretty esoteric and not a lot of people are going to dig into on that level of detail. But for those who do, it's really important that before rules are made about how their property is going to be valued, that they have a chance to come forward and give their input and provide counterexamples to the examples that might be given and have a real dialogue about how they should be taxed and how their property should be valued. And again, most people are never going to dig into this and we understand that. But it is going to make a big difference in, you know, in and how people do their business if you're in a capital intensive business. If you're part of your business is owning a lot of land, a lot of physical plant or anything like that, this is going to have a big effect on you. And what we're just saying is, and again, we've been working with the property tax administrator who's perfectly fine with this idea. She's been working with us on it is let's give you more of a seat at the table when we're talking about this business expense that you're going to come along with. Um, and so that is a... It's now. It started out as one bill. Now it's going to be two bills. That bill is sort of going to be on its own. But we're really excited about that one also to try to give businesses and taxpayers more of a seat at the table when we're setting out the rules of the road for how they're going to end up having to pay. Well, I think uh, these are exceptional reforms. You mentioned the word certainty, and you could you describe when you, that you would like that notice to go out that gives the estimate um, about what the county assessor anticipates the the tax burden will be for the following year. So my understanding is that, you know, those notices of assessment, and I actually just received one for my personal property, but that those go out in the spring, but they're reflecting what your, they're basically, you get that notice, notice of assessed value, and then that will affect your following year's tax liability. So the idea is when you get that assessed value, 
as soon as possible is what I would – is basically the short answer to your question is when you get that assessed value, if I can know what my potential liability will be going forward into next year, the longer that I have to make that adjustment as a business owner or frankly, as, even as a residential property owner, if I know that I'm going to have to probably bump up my escrow and my mortgage or if I'm – you know a retiree and I've paid off my mortgage, if I know that I'm probably going to have to kick in an extra 500 bucks every six months when I go to pay my property taxes, I want you to have that for notice, that notice as soon as possible beforehand. So right now it does, it seems like it's actually when the assessed value goes out because it is a, you know, few months, it's, it's at least six months. I think it might even be a little bit longer than that. That seems like an appropriate time to make those, you know, adjustments if you're just going to end up paying that tax liability. Now, the problem that we're running into now, and this is what we're trying to do with some of the other reforms, is that if you want to appeal that value, sometimes six months isn't enough time to get an answer on that appeal. And that's where you get into these situations that Representative Gray was talking about, where you want to dispute the assessed value of your property. Suddenly now you're filing your appeal. You don't hear back initial word for a few months. Then you get back with the initial word. You don't like that answer. So you're appealing to one of these other um, avenues available to you. But then suddenly you're into the next tax year. So now you're stuck in this horrible situation where your your tax liability is that new value that you sincerely don't believe that you owe. And yet you are having stuck having to pay on a monthly basis while your appeal still lingers. And, you know, God forbid you go through and you successfully get your appeal a year after the fact, after you've already done the damage to your business, after you've already done the damage to your capital flows because you've been paying an an incorrect amount in taxes for, you know, a few months or even a whole year. So, you know, right now, the sooner we get that assessed value notice, the better, you know, six months is, is good, for, again, for those folks that are just going to pay it. But I think we need to do have an, a larger conversation about perhaps even giving more forewarning under the current system so that we can get those things resolved before anybody actually has to pay, you know, a, a tax value that they might may not actually be liable for. Well, thank you both. <laughs> I know it's a busy time of year. Obviously, we're in the legislative session now and uh, listeners can probably hear a little bit of the background noise. We are at the Capitol and uh, we've barged in on the middle of your busy days. Uh, we'd like to thank you very much. What's the next step for your bill? We are in drafting, so it'll probably be introduced. It'll probably be introduced separately. I think the one on the assessor's manual will probably be introduced very soon, and then we probably got another week or two before the bigger one. The appeal process will happen, but we'll definitely stay in touch with you and your listeners about how they can help moving forward. Well, thank you again very much, uh, and we look forward to making some great first steps in this area this year. And who knows what uh, who knows what next year will bring? Maybe you guys will be encouraged and eager and. Uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed to uh, move into some new reforms even next year, but I guess uh, one step at a time. Sounds great to me. Yeah, thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the In the Arena podcast with Colorado Concern. I hope you'll subscribe so you can stay informed on the intersection of business and politics in Colorado. 